0: This is the Morning Brief from the Economic Times.
1: Three quarters of respondents in India said they were very concerned about global warming and climate change. So it's not like the Indian public doesn't understand or doesn't care. Um, But the point is that you can't just switch something. You can't switch the lights off today and expect everything to be okay. That's not how the world works.
2: There's a simple explanation, if you like a broad mapping, if you do. Coal is is the mainstay of the global south, whereas oil and gas is that of the global north. I mean, yes, leave the Saudi Arabias and others aside in terms of the economy, but I'm talking about fuel requirements. And you look at the investments in oil and gas, I mean, there are multiple times that of coal. And yet, fossil fuels, oil and gas, walk away with unscathed from this whole like,
1: experience. But uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's it's beyond India on on that particular count, isn't it? In in many ways, it's about. I keep circling back to this issue of equity, right? Like fairness um, and 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 justice. So it's it's not like given an alternative, if if there was a real a real invested, planned um and and kind of supported alternative to to coal that people in India would still kind of choose coal.
2: I actually disagree with you. I mean you're right that a large percentage of people are concerned about climate change but I will I have a kind of a coda to that a rider which basically is about their concern provided they don't really have to do anything. India cannot walk away from coal because of, of this of the way our energy requirements are. I
1: apologize
0: for way this process has unfolded
3: and uh, I'm deeply sorry.
0: I also understand the the deep disappointment, but I think as you have noted, it's also vital that we um, protect this package.
3: What started out as a conference to save the planet ended up with an apology and a blame game among delegates of COP26 in Glasgow india becoming the whipping boy some going to the extent of laying the entire blame at our feet
0: i do not believe uh, many people had expected india to announce a net net zero target so um, the announcement by our prime minister was sort of electrified um, the the cop uh, in the first couple of days it was the second day i think that that it was announced and uh, and and so so um, from that, um, inevitably, in, in sharp contrast, by the end of the second weekend, um, the, the watering down of the language on coal sort of sort of enabled or resulted in some some sections of the investment press, for sure, perhaps a, a larger section than not, uh, painting India as the party pooper. Um, I think um, the the initially the thought was, can we? Wouldn't it be fantastic if India just announced net zero? and no matter what year it is it can then set a challenge uh, to the developed economies so i i, I we met to, for instance we had a session with people like lord adair turner um, lord nick stern um, and, and 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 many other such eminent people and uh, and their the, their their view was if only india could announce it could then throw a challenge to the developed world well you want us to move 10 years forward you move it to 2040 uh, and sort of a virtuous cycle um, would result. So, um, th- therefore, as I said, when the announcement was made, it was it was it was a bit of a high, and and perhaps because of that reason, the change of language on coal uh, was ended up being a bit of a low. So um, it was uh, sort of the sublime to the mundane, both within the course of two weeks.
3: That's Rajiv Ranjan Mishra, Managing Director, Aprava Energy. Till recently known to us as China Light and Power or just CLP, an Asia Pacific focused power utilities company, who was in Glasgow himself as part of the Indian delegation. If the conference began with a wow from our Prime Minister Narendra Modi making bold pronouncements,
4: climate change is a very big country, and is am se very big country. पांच अमृत तत्व रखना चाहता हूं पंचामृत की सौगात देना चाहता हूं पहला भारत 2030 तक अपनी नॉन फोसिल एनर्जी कैपेसिटी को 500 गीगावाट तक पहुंचाएगा दूसरा भारत 2030 तक अपनी 50% एनर्जी रिक्वायरमेंट रिन्यूएबल एनर्जी से पूरी करेगा तीसरा भारत अब से लेकर 2030 तक के कुल प्रोजेक्टेड कार्बन एमिशन में एक बिलियन टन की कमी करेगा चौथा 2030 तक भारत अपनी अर्थव्यवस्था की कार्बन इंटेंसिटी को 45% से भी कम करेगा और पांचवा in the end, it
3: all got caught up in diplomacy, failed negotiations and wordplay of the final document thrashed after hours and hours of negotiation that fell short of what many felt are absolutely urgent interventions. India's insistence of a changing reference of a coal phase-out to a phase-down.
2: They are just politicians and people in power pretending to take our future seriously, pretending to take the present seriously of the people who are being affected already today by the climate crisis. Change is not going to come from inside there. That is not leadership. This is leadership. This is what leadership looks like.
3: It's Friday, 19th of November. I'm Arjeet Barman from The Economic Times. This is The Morning Brief. So what really transpired in Glasgow over two weeks? Did we lose the plot somewhere in the middle or are developing countries who are the top greenhouse gas emitters in the world, conveniently absolving themselves of any responsibility and pushing a narrative that points fingers at us? Or are we, despite all our renewable energy push, still addicted to coal? We will ask three participants from Glasgow to take us behind closed doors for an inside track to the biggest climate conference on the planet and decode all the hype, the heat and the hypocrisy. Deepayan Basu Roy, climate initiative lead at Climate Outreach, was also there in Glasgow. Joining us from Oxford in the United Kingdom,
1: he argues it's time to call a spade a spade. I do think that the way in which the final outcome was reported is not very clearly reflective of what was actually in the text. Because let's remind ourselves that the text said phasing down on coal, which got everybody very worked up, but it only talked about phasing down or phasing out of inefficient subsidies for oil and gas, not even phasing out oil and gas. And that, of course, is the base of the vast kind of um, economies of, of the US, the EU, the UK, and others. So this text, as it was written initially about phasing out of coal, would have hit India and China the hardest because they are the the, the most reliant on, on coal as a base for their, um, their, their electricity generation. So there is an inherent issue here around equity, right? Around fairness, because you're essentially asking the countries that are at the start of a, a, a journey of development who are experiencing kind of pretty um, high levels of of, of of rural poverty, et cetera, um, to take the hardest hit. And that that's, you know, in, in anyone's estimation, is, is, is not any sense of equity and, and justice. To be fair, we also bungled up.
2: The thing is that we often forget that these two-week-long negotiations are negotiations. They are... They are about climate change, they are about the environment, but they're also about diplomacy. And I think that is where our biggest problem is. Our inability to socialize uh, our ideas, if we have them, and our, our story, our inability to tell our story.
3: That's Urmi, Urmi Goswami, my colleague at the ET, whom you have heard in our Curtain Raiser episode a few days back. Just like Rajiv and Dipayan, Urmi too was in Glasgow.
2: Uh, it is in uh, it is at one level India's failure to tell its story well, uh, allowing itself to become the fall guy.
3: How did that happen again?
2: The Prime Minister set us off on a very high note. But the problem starts literally on day two with the briefing by the Foreign Secretary who, who first talks about that point number two of Panchamrit, which is... 50% of energy requirements would be from renewables. Now, there was a bit of a walk back on that already, because energy requirement, colloquially energy and electricity, but actually in real terms, in technical terms, energy is far greater than electricity. But but there was a walk back to say that the prime minister meant electricity. It's... It it is a bit of a walk back, but one that is not unexpected because after all the Prime Minister or no other leader is expected to be a technical guy. So therefore that walk back was within the realm of the acceptable. But to go from generation, from energy requirement to generation capacity was a huge walk back. I mean, in technically, Harsh Stengler, uh, the foreign secretary, made that point, but he also garbled up many other things. So you didn't really know what he meant, if he knew what he was talking about. But doubt started creeping in. And bit by bit, pieces of this were being talked ba- walked back. and And again, we don't know if it was really being walked back. And then came the, the unkindest cut for all, which was the $1 trillion. The Prime Minister was very clear, to my mind, he was very clear that he meant that that $1 trillion was a demand for for the developing world. But somewhere along the way, it degenerated and on record degenerated into $1 trillion for India. So in a sense, India contributed to its own downslide. And had it just been its own personal downslide, it, people wouldn't have worried you know, it wouldn't have become so big. they a say, yeah, India behaved like like India, or maybe you know, there's a problem with the language. I mean, there would have been some some mitigating factor or or lack of concern. The problem started over coal. Now, you know you. You. the truth is we are more than un, more than willing to do other things and a renewable energy program is a testament to that that we are willing to do things but there is a limit to our capacity and therefore and there is a uh, there's a limit to our capacity and there's a there's a depth in our need so we are stuck and in a sense coal represents a forced-in bargain for us at one level we want to get out of it and we can get out of it but not at the speed at which we are looking, where the world seems to want us to move out of.
3: So what Urmi is saying is in some ways we isolated ourselves and allowed others to control the conversation.
2: We would have had support from many countries, China for that matter. Though China was also seen in the end in the huddle with us. Australia, I mean, Indonesia, South Africa these are countries which have the same problem if the if the time frame is 2030 but we were not able to get them all to speak up the other thing you have to remember that In a sense, uh, Alok Sharma had set the the UK and and through its presidency had set the bar, you know, like one of its priorities or one of its key outcomes was to say, let Glasgow be the place where we consign coal to history. So they were in that sense, so wedded to this coal part of the story that I think they lost sight of many other things in the process.
1: And that's exactly the point. That's exactly where we need to just keep that nuance. That, as you said earlier, Rumi, this is this was a negotiation, right? Yeah. There's 197 countries um, and parties um, who are all in it with their own specific needs and requirements, um, and there were a lot of things that started going wrong right from the right from the very beginning. The fact that the 100 billion pledge was not met again, um, and in fact, even additional. Um, kind of calculations of how that hundred billion could be met with with Bangladesh suggesting, well, why don't you say that you'll commit to meet five hundred billion in the next five years? Um, you know, even even pledges like that weren't necessarily picked up on. Um, so on the financing side, not only that, but the, but the complete kind of elimination of the proposal by by the G seventy seven and China and the LDCs, which amounts to about a hundred and 30 countries, more than 80% of the world's population, standing up and saying, hey, we need a loss and damage fund, right? All of this climate change and the impact of climate change is not of our doing, that there needs to be a recognition that, that we who have barely done any of the polluting are facing all of the costs. Um, a, a very kind of central premise of of, of of the just transition conversation that has been happening around climate change. You know, that that fell by the wayside too. So that didn't make it into the final text.
3: Optically, therefore, India was seen as defending coal, the most polluting among fossil fuels, when the truth is that in 2020, China accounted for almost 55% of the global coal energy consumption. And despite all that the developed world has done to reduce their coal dependency, the OECD countries with a population slightly lower than India use 1.6 times the coal in their energy mix when compared to us
0: china's per capita emission is more than that of the european union and therefore for india to um, uh, to be talked about in the same breath and for us as well to be to be seen in the same breath as china to me seems just seems wrong it seems unjust and it seems very strange um, i think china should be held to not only is their gdp five times ours it should be held to to a, the, the to the standard of the uh, of at least europe if not uh, if not, America.
1: If I were, if we were to use a really simple anecdote of going to a restaurant, right? Like it, it's the equivalent of you going to a restaurant with your friends and ordering a bowl of salad while your friend orders everything on the menu and then turns around to you and says, right, let's split the bill 50-50, because that's essentially what's being asked of countries here, of the poorer countries of the world, is to take on a much higher portion of the bill when they've generated none of the actual damage. Um, so I do think you're right, we, we, you know, we need to be really careful here of what we're talking about and, and pointing fingers and vilifying countries takes out this, this notion of equity and justice that we have to place at the heart of the climate transitions, of the economic transitions, of the energy transitions. But let's not get too caught up
3: in the rhetoric or finger pointing. Our prime minister has set an ambitious target, but is that achievable? Is it practical? Let's ask the man who is actually setting up some of these solar and wind farms himself. For us to move to the level of adding 40 gigawatts
0: a year, year after year after year for a decade, um, is very challenging. It, it, is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Is it likely? Not unless there are significant changes. And herein, I, I would draw our attention to the challenges that we face in the sector uh, and fundamental fundamental challenge being the fact that the the customer which buys uh, the power whether it be renewable or thermal um is bankrupt or is bankrupt in many in many states we then have significant regulatory challenges i mean i don't know whether your listeners i'm sure many of them would be uh, um, aware of the bill that the, the uh, bill that the, uh, uh, the of punjab uh, Assembly of Punjab has passed, which effectively overrides the Electricity Act, uh, unilaterally terminates PPAs, renewables as much as anything else, and given resets the tariff all on its own. Um, we had a similar. Ex- uh, this is this is more brazen in many ways, I think. Um, although we had a similar experience, the sector had a similar experience in Andhra Pradesh um, a few years back. And quite frankly, if this is the kind of behavior that carries on in the country. Then in spite of the best efforts of the central government, if this is how the states behave then then talking about 500 gigawatts is uh, is is it's it's not meaningful. let me not use very strong words so so I think I think f- for the sector to grow um, we have hundred gigawatts by now um, um, even to get to 300 gigawatts we, we we need significant changes
3: and those changes being, uh... Sanctity of contracts, land acquisition, and and and, and, and financial viability of DSP.
0: So you have the regulatory structure, the 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 financial structure of the distribution companies um, that needs to be uh, sorted. On the other hand, the general area of what one may call ease of doing business, which means things like land acquisition, getting rights of way, and various permits and approvals on the ground. Um, and finally, the manufacturing capability in the country. Um, so all these all these three sets of factors need to uh, significantly get better if we have to get close even, somewhere even close to the 500 gigawatt target by 2030.
3: In a way, we have also shot ourselves in the foot by heavily taxing imports of solar panel components from China as our relationship with our neighbor, has turned frosty after the border skirmishes and their blind support to Pakistan. But at the same time, our own homegrown manufacturing base is still not up there to match what is required.
0: We certainly cannot, at at this point in time, or let's say starting 1st April 2022, um, have 40 gigawatt of renewable manufacturing capacity in the country.
3: So there is a disconnect.
0: There is a disconnect, yes, indeed. Our wind industry is primarily domestic, which has been a good example. But solar basically has been built on the, on the back of China. And you can understand why, in a democracy, the governments feel they have not been elected to, they have been elected to create jobs in India, not in a foreign That's... country.
3: Yes, we are the fourth highest greenhouse gas emitter, but purely because we are about 18% of the world. We are a very poor fourth compared to, to the top two both in absolute and per capita terms. India's dire energy poverty relative to the rest of the world is at the heart of our economic poverty and the consequent low adaptive capacity of the bottom 1.5 billion fellow Indians. India needs more energy because it is home to about 50% of the world's total population that is most vulnerable to climate change. So it's time to stop feeling sorry or get too caught up in this Western narrative. Let's hear our Environment Minister, Bhupendra Yadav.
2: Minister, is this is this deal a failure, though? Is this, does this last-minute amendment mean that countries have been let down?
3: It is accepted by all countries.
2: Accepted, but not
0: very... Minister,
4: Minister, do you feel India has made the world a more dangerous place by your... Nothing, nothing at all. India is committed for green energy.
0: But you're continuing that... to uphold the production of coal. Science says
4: that's incompatible with the climate. It's science, it's not we... politics. It is, it is according to the Paris Agreement.
0: I think it is important that we start, even if we have used the term phase down, uh, that we start preparing for that phase down. If following Glasgow, we set specific year-wise or at least five-year targets um, for our coal-fired power plants, for our thermal plants, for, for the greening of the economy, and went ahead and acted upon it, if, for instance, if it means, as I said, diversifying the economy of the resource, resource-rich resource states. And if it means tourism, then I have, a, as part of it, then I have specific plans for that and so on and so forth. Uh, that is what we need to do. I think the, the kudos of the first week and the derision of the second week or painting as villain of the second week would all be forgotten and should be forgotten if we actually do these more difficult things. Um, and plan for it. Together with that, for meeting our NDCs or, or setting them as well, or, or actually achieving what we have announced—the three or five hundred gigawatt—we need to we need to resolve the the significant issues that the luxury sector faces. So that is that is to me that is where we go next. We hunker down and look at sector by sector and draw out specific plans for for greening of the sector and and transitioning of that sector by in, in in the near term as well 2030 i i i think it is important that we ourselves as citizens set for ourselves as corporates and and from our government as citizens uh, and we demand that we should have targets for 2030 2070 fine our children and grandchildren will enjoy but we the, the breathing problem in north india and in delhi is not going to come in 2070 it is here and now uh, so that's that's where i believe we should go
3: The issue of climate change is here and now. You feel it waking up in Delhi, don't you? You face it when flash floods drown Chennai, or when landslides, forest fires, tsunamis wreak havoc. Politicians will play politics, but we as citizens need to be more responsible too when it comes to our own carbon footprint. Our states must also join the conversation But for developed countries like the US, they should also practice what they preach to the world. Just last month, the International Energy Outlook projected all fossil fuel usage growing in America till 2050, which is ironically the net zero year. Somehow this contradiction was overlooked during the two weeks of hard work in Glasgow. As Rajiv said, we should hunker down and achieve immediate short-term goals In a more comprehensive manner without the usual political and regulatory football that gets played out between the center and the states and for heaven's sake do not renege on contracts for projects after they have been awarded unless there is some genuine foul play green has to be in for us for them and for everybody You were listening to Cop Out, Are We Hooked to Coal? On the morning brief with me, your host, Aurijeet Barman. Producers, Bhavya Dilip Kumar from The Economic Times and Soundarya Jayachandran from AWAS. Sound editor, Varun Kapahi from AWAS. Executive producer, yours truly, Aurijeet Barman. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback Write to us at the morningbrief at timesgroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handles. We'll really appreciate it. The morning brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice weekend. Goodbye and good luck. All edited sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.